This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I chatted with Marnie B, who is a gestational surrogate and she's 33 weeks pregnant with a baby for her interstate intended parents. Prior to meeting her intended parents, Marnie and her partner chatted with a surrogacy counsellor, Katrina Hale, and did a mammoth amount of preparation before they started chatting and then during the dating period with their intended parents. I'd have to say that Marnie and her team are the most prepared surrogacy team that I've come across, and I think it's really paying off for them. I'm going to hand over now to Marnie. Uh, my name is Marnie and I am a gestational surrogate, currently 33 weeks pregnant with my first sorrow, Bob. And yeah, I'm a mother of two, uh, my children are five and six, and my husband, very supportive husband as well. So yeah, a little bit about um, my journey so far. My IPs, uh, long distance IPs, uh, they live in Canberra and I'm in Sydney. And yeah, so we originally we originally met through the um, surrogacy, the Australian surrogacy community page, and um, from that we got talking, started meeting up, and sort of had a dating period of about six months, and um, went from there. And um, yeah, so that's a little bit about. What made you think about becoming a surrogate? Uh, I loved, and I think most surrogates say this, I loved being pregnant. That was probably the first thing that really made me want to be a surrogate. Uh, I had two um, pretty great pregnancies, uh, no real issues with them except morning sickness, which was almost constant throughout the pregnancies. Um, yeah, so I knew I wanted to be pregnant again. My husband and I had decided we only wanted two children. We are very fortunate that we got a boy and a girl, so we didn't have that sort of gender dis- disappointment or anything like that. And, uh, but I always knew I could be a, I could carry another baby. Um, so, yeah, I never actually thought I'd be given the opportunity to do that. I didn't really know much about surrogacy. And I certainly didn't know anyone who needed a surrogate. So that's how it sort of started. And then also a little bit of my history, I'm actually adopted myself. So... Um, I grew up knowing I was adopted. My parents, um, my adopted parents, my parents um, adopted me from the hospital when I was five and a half weeks old. And we, it was never a secret in our house. It was just um, part of, it was basically our story of how our family came together. And we always did things like celebrate our adoption day every year. And it was just part of who we were. So I guess I grew up, my parents always painted my birth mother in a very positive um, sense that she, they always described her, they didn't know her, but they always described her as being um, someone who was very selfless, who um, basically chose to give up her child. So a childless couple who couldn't have their own children um, could become parents and they were always very, uh, and they still are in debt to her um, for doing that and very grateful. So um, I guess in, it's sort of then the reason why I wanted to be surrogate sort of changed into, you know, doing this for someone else. Um, I can see the amazing relationship I have with my parents and um, I can actually give that to someone else. Um, so, yeah, so it sort of went from loving being pregnant to actually a bit about my own adoption and wanting other childless couples to, or other couples that wanted 
um, children to, um, yeah, to be able to give them that gift um, that my biological mother gave my parents. I really like that backstory because I think, like you say, lots of surrogates would say, oh, I really liked being pregnant, but you've sort of got that of your own history um, that tells part of the story as well. That's lovely. Um, so tell me, when you were thinking about being a surrogate, what did you do to prepare yourself for how to find intended parents and how to sort of make it a, a positive journey? Yeah, so I really didn't know um, where to start. As, um, as I said, I didn't know anyone who needed a surrogate. I, I really didn't know where to start. I actually had on and off over the years since my son was born, so he's now five and a half, um, I had sort of mentioned I'd love to be a surrogate someday. But my husband had always, I, I felt that he um, wasn't really sold on the idea, that he sort of was like, you know, why would you want to do that? So I felt um, that I couldn't actually, I, originally I felt I couldn't actually put it out there because I didn't, I needed his support. So, and I didn't want him to feel sort of pressured into it. So I sort of kept it to myself for a few years. And then it was um, Year's Day last year, so 2017. I was almost 38 and I thought, you know, this is something I actually really want to do. And if I want to do it, it's now or never. I felt I was getting older and I didn't know, um, you know, if there was a cutoff for surrogates. So I actually turned to, I remember I turned to my husband on New Year's Day and said, I really want to be a surrogate and this is why. And basically explained to him, I mean, he knew I was adopted, obviously, but explained to him how that all tied in. And he, surprisingly, because I thought he would just go, no, I really don't think it's a good idea. He actually said, well, if you want to look into it, I will support you. And um, I think at the time he thought that this, <laughs> that looking into it would take me months and months and months. But within a few days, I had actually got in contact with um, another surrogate who uh, was a traditional surrogate. And she had put me in contact with the surrogates page and the Australian Surrogacy Community page. And so within a week, I was coming back to my husband going, oh, well, I found all this information. And I think he sort of freaked out a little bit going, oh, that was quick. I didn't expect you to, to be able to find that much information so quickly. Um, and so, yeah, from that, we sort of started just very casual conversations with a few IPs on the page. Um, and I was only doing that for about a week. And then my husband actually came to me and said, look, um, I'm not... I'm not saying that I am not supportive. However, I think we need to really work out, really get to know sort of the good, the bad and the ugly of surrogacy before we jump, we jump in. And, I th and this, my husband said, I think we should look at getting some counselling before we go any further and start developing any sort of relationships with IPs and, and stuff like that. So um, it was actually my husband who suggested we get counselling. I would have jumped in headfirst into surrogacy, um, as I know a lot of surrogates do. Um, but thankfully, my husband is a very considered person and he was like, hang on, let's just, let's, I'm not saying no, but I really need to know more. So um, we, we contacted Katrina Hale and we had a, a counselling session with her and that was really, really beneficial. It's probably one of the most beneficial things I've done on this journey was actually talking to her before we started really 
getting serious with IPs. Um, and she was able to give us, she was able to um, tell us the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, she was able to give us advice. She talked a bit about uh, my husband and my relationship, a bit about our family makeup. She was able to give us a bit of advice about um, the type of IPs that would actually suit us. Because um, in saying that the IPs that suit us wouldn't necessarily suit someone else and vice versa. So just because, um, you know, people say that people are wonderful or whatever, it doesn't mean that you'll necessarily be a good match. Um, and yeah, that was really beneficial. So I remember getting off the call and Katrina laid everything out on the table. Like it, she really did sort of lay out the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, she did talk about some um, journeys that she'd had experience with that, that had gone bad and how they had gone bad. Um, and I actually got off the call thinking, my husband's going to say, no, nah, we're not doing this. This is just too risky. Um, but surprisingly, <laughs> we got off the call and he was like, well, if you want to go ahead, I now feel like I know what could happen. Um, I now know how to best avoid the pitfalls. Um, and yeah, so go ahead. So from that, we started, one thing Katrina did recommend us to do was to talk to a lot of people in the community, surrogates, IPs, those who have completed journeys, those who are partway through journeys, those are the, that haven't started their journeys so much. Um, and she said, because the more people you talk to, the better idea you'll get a, is, um, the, the better idea you'll have about who is going to suit you. Uh, and the other thing actually, which is really important, which I've got to say, is that when we first spoke to Katrina, one of the first questions she asked was to my husband, and she, well, she asked me, why do you want to be a surrogate? And I was like, yep, I can answer this question. I know how to answer this question. And then she turned to my husband and said, and why are you happy for Mark to be a surrogate? And he, I thought he gave a great answer. He said, well, she's always supported me in my endeavours, in my hobbies, in my pursuits. Um, she followed me overseas when I got transferred for work and whatever. And that I think it's now time that I let her, I support her wholeheartedly in doing um, something she really wants to do, which I thought was a great answer. <laughs> um, but Katrina, I remember Katrina sort of said, yeah, that's great, but that's not enough. And she said, she sort of went on to say that just wanting to support your partner is just is not enough because there, the, even in the most perfect journeys, you're going to have challenges and there are going to be times when Marnie's, when Marnie's pregnant and throwing up and whatever and she's going to say, why am I doing this and why am I putting my family through this? And, and, and Katrina sort of said, if you're not fully committed um, in the same way as Marnie is, you're going to start questioning, going, yes, why why are we doing this? This is what you wanted and now you're saying you don't want this or questioning why you wanted this. Um, and, yeah, she said, you need to be, partner needs to be the one that's sort of saying, no, this is why we're doing this. We're doing this to give X and Y um, a baby and um, we're doing this because we love them, we want to see them as parents and, yes, at the moment this is very challenging but it's going to be all right in the end and... and um, yeah, and so Katrina said, so you need to be as committed as Marnie in this and it's not just to support her. And actually, um, having said that, we've had a pretty, 
a pretty good um, journey so far, a, a very good journey so far, but there have been times when my husband's had to say, this is why we're doing this. Um, even though we haven't had any major, major issues, um, yes, certainly he's had to, he's had to, stand, to step up and, and do that. Um, so that was really good advice from Katrina. So after speaking to her, we did start to speak to lots of people. Um, I was talking to a few IPs. Uh, I always made a point when I was talking to IPs, because I believe pretty much everyone knows everyone in this community. And so I always made a point of saying, this is exactly who I'm talking to. Um, just because I didn't want them to feel that I was being untruthful or leading them on. And I always was like, you know, we're just trying to, to see if this is where, is, if, if, if this is the path we want to take. So, um, a circumstances had basically came down, uh, it came down to one set of IPs who we just got on really, really well with. Um, and uh, in about, it was probably about May last year, um, my intended mother came up to Sydney and um, she went out to know my husband and I and we basically laid everything on the table and said, look, we want to go forward. Uh, another thing Katrina had, had strongly recommended was ha having a very long dating period of six to 12 months um, and catching up in person was really important. Uh, she, she talked about needing to get past that rose-coloured glasses stage where, you know, everyone... You know, it is like dating. Everyone's that first of a spark of love and you're like, you, you look past everyone's faults. And um, she talked about needing to get past that. And so my intended mother, where our intended mother came up and we sort of said, yep, this is, we really want to go forward with the idea that we will be offering down the track. However, it will be six months at least because we need to, really make sure that we're on the same page and that, um, you know, we get past that rose-coloured glasses stage. Um, and also the good thing about having um, counselling with Katrina is I could always fall back on that. So I, I don't like being, an, I'm not a nasty person, but I don't like having to be the nasty person. So I would say things like, oh, Katrina said we should talk about this. And it was just much easier to have those difficult conversations because it was like, oh, well, I've got the professional telling me this is what we need to do. And it's not me sort of sounding like a bitch in a way. Um, I, think that, I think that's really amazing. And I, I think Katrina probably is that person in a lot of teams that they get to sort of point to her and go, well, Katrina said, so that's how we're going to do it. I think that's, it's really good having that external yeah. support particularly from somebody that really knows surrogacy but doesn't have any vested interest in, in what happens in your surrogacy team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, and we basically put into place all the things she told us to do, we put into place. Um, so, yeah, so it really, it made, something I had to learn about myself is that I'm a very, I always put myself last and I think as surrogates we tend to do that. Um, I don't, I think if you're someone who tends to put yourself first, you're probably not going to be surrogate in the first place because it really does require a lot of sacrifice and someone who isn't used to doing that probably wouldn't want to do that. So, you know, something that Katrina really, um, drummed into me is that you have to put yourself first and you have to be, um, outspoken about what you actually will need. 
Um, so even from the very beginning, this journey has given me so much because it actually helped me to be a, a much stronger sort of person, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, you know, because I had to have those conversations. We had to talk about um, the difficult conversations. Things like talking about financials can be really tricky. Things about talking about, um, you know, the type of birth you want and stuff like that. Uh, in the past, I may have just gone, well, you know what, it'll be okay, whatever you want. And, you know, something that was really drummed into me is you can't do that in surrogacy. You need to be upfront and you need to say, no, this is what I will need and this is what I want. And, be, and you know what, if your IPs turn around and say, well, that's not what we want, then that's fine. That's okay. You can either come to a compromise or you can either say, well, maybe we're not suited. Um, so, yeah, so, and we sort of, I don't think we had to compromise too much on too many things. I don't know if my IPs would say differently, but, yeah, you know, it was quite, it was, yeah, it was a really good experience. And we sort of date, as I said, dated for about six months and then, um, yeah, ended up offering, what was it, the end of August, I think it was, last year. So um, we had about three or four months of serious, serious talks, but then I had been talking to my IM for two or three months before that as well. So, um, yeah, so we, so we offered in August last year and went from there. That's amazing. I would say that my experience of watching you go through this is that you would have to be the most prepared team in terms of how much work you put in. And would you say that it's paying off now here at 33 weeks? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. We, it's not to say that we haven't had our challenges um, it's really funny because, you know, I thought, I thought I knew all the challenges that could, ha that could happen. And, um, we haven't had typical challenges that, you know, that I have seen others go through, but we've still had challenges and there have been times and most of it, a lot of it comes from me. Um, you know, you're very, I remember when we did our group counseling session Katrina sitting there and and saying well, the four of it, the four of us were there with her and saying to my IPs you are currently dealing with unpregnant completely rational Marnie and this is not necessarily how she's going to be once she's pregnant and I remember seeing her going hang on I'm, I'm completely <laughs> rational I was pretty rational during my other pregnancies and um, for the most part I was pretty rational during my other pregnancies I wasn't I maybe a bit more teary, but I wasn't, I didn't turn into a bitch or anything like that. Um, and, you know, in my head, I was like, well, why would it be any different? But it, 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 surrogacy is so different. And just, you know, with my previous pregnancies, as most other people experience, it's usually just you and your partner. And you're only making decisions for you and your partner and your baby, basically. But throw another couple or another person into the mix and, it just makes things so much harder because you're now not only worrying about you and you and your partner, um, you now have to worry about what your IPs want and you know what their needs and wants are as well. And that just makes things a lot harder. Um, and with pregnancy hormones, there have been times where I have been completely irrational um, and second guessed things that things that we've been going through maybe things that my IPs have said 
or whatever and, you know, and I'll tend to fixate on one little thing that was said, which was just an offhand comment. It wasn't meant, nothing was meant by it, but I will fixate on that and then think about it and think about it and like, what are they actually meaning? And, and um, that's got us into, well, gotten me. Everyone else was like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. But I was there going, what do they mean by that? And, and yeah, really getting anxious about it. Um, so we've certainly had our challenges, but because of all the prep we did, when I was completely irrational, the other three team members were completely rational. And I remember my husband one day saying, my husband works from home and I can't tell you the number of times I've walked into his study and just burst into tears and just gone, you know, oh my God, you know, why am I doing this? Um, and I remember saying to him after I had gone through one of these dips, I guess, like, how are you even putting up with me? Like, I just don't understand how you are so supportive and you've never said a bad word or a negative word about this journey or you've never said this is what you want or anything. Why? Like, how are you doing this? Because I've been a nightmare to live with at times. And, you know, he just said, well, because all our preparation has meant that, um, you know, we expect, you know, we, we talked about this could happen. Katrina told us all that this is what you could be like and this is what we need to do. And so all that preparation of going through and talking to Katrina and, and building that team bonding has meant when you're falling apart, we're not, we're still strong. Like we're still there backing you up and um, even though you feel like things might be going to shit basically, they're not. Like we're okay. Like we're, we're okay. We understand why you're doing this. We've, this has been explained to us that this could happen and this is why. And um, so we know what to do in that situation. So, yeah, so the, all the prep hasn't, um, hasn't meant we haven't had any challenges, but it means when the challenges come up, we can actually deal with them as a team. And um, I know, for instance, Katrina has actually said to me in the past, I've like gone, maybe you need to speak to my IPs about this. And she's actually said to me, no, I have full faith in you as a team that you don't need me to step in. You need to be able to do this. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so it's definitely the, the preparation has been great. It hasn't meant that we've had a perfect, perfect journey with no bumps but it means that when you reach those bumps, you can overcome them as a team. Mm. I know that your intended parents are in one state and you're in another state. Can yeah. you tell me what, what are the challenges of being interstate from the people that are going to be parents? Um, for me personally, and I'm, and this is just for me, I think the biggest challenge for me has been that we're an interstate team. Uh, and it's been a bigger challenge than I realised. Uh, and that's partly because of my personality, um, which I didn't fully understand beforehand. Um, it's, I, I find that when I go for a few weeks um, without seeing my IPs, I tend to get a little bit sort of anxious about it, a little bit more irrational. Um, and then when I actually get to see them again, then it's sort of, it's like, oh, okay, okay, yep, we're still that strong team. It's okay, everything's okay. So, yeah, so definitely um, the interstate thing has been my biggest challenge. Um, just things like, and what's along the way is like when I first felt um, sunny mood, sunny is what we call 
this bub. Um, sunny move, you know, it was several weeks before I got to see my IPs again. And just, you know, I kind of felt bad that I had felt her move and my husband had felt her move before they did. And that was actually really hard for me. And I just wanted to share it with them. And even though as soon as the first time I, I felt her move, I, I think I texted them and said, I've just felt her move. Um, it's just not the same. Like it's not the same as having them here and, and then being able to go through everything with you. So that's what I've really found challenging is that I, I want my intended parents to, to have be, have the experience that they want to have. And I'm very conscious of the fact that their experience of becoming parents is very different to say the experience I had when I first became a parent, you know, and that I, you know, that I'm living at 24 seven and they're kind of at a distance. And yeah, it's more that I don't want them to miss out. Um, also, I get if I'm, very for the first trimester i was quite sick there were a few weeks where i was very very sick um and spent days and days on the lounge i literally would get up in the morning and or wake up and as soon as i woke up i'd be feeling nauseous and i would come downstairs and an hour later i was passed out again on the lounge and um yeah you know i kind of i wasn't really truthful my IPs, I'd just kind of say, yeah, it's all fine, it's all fine. Because so I, I felt like, well, there's nothing they could do. And I didn't want them to feel guilty. Um, and so being that distance away, they really, I don't think they really have, they couldn't really appreciate just how sick I was. Um, and I just couldn't talk about it at the time. Now I'm, I'm more confident in talking about it because I feel like I've passed that. So, um, but yeah, definitely not but the distance means that i think at times uh it's harder to appreciate what a pregnant woman goes through um that has been a challenge because i'm just not going to say to them i feel like crap um it's really hard for me to ask for things so uh yeah it's, it's hard for me to ask for things and because they're not here they can't really see because they would, they would absolutely jump in and help me if they could see what I was going through. Um, and then as things progressed, you know, it got to a point where my husband actually said, you need to start talking to Ben and Christy about these sort of things. And because um, they, they don't have an idea. And I just said to him, I can't, like, I just can't, I can't do that. I can't bring myself to do that. Uh, Cause I felt guilty. And, um, so it was at that point my husband actually stepped up and uh, which was amazing. And so he actually reached out to Ben and Christy and sort of said, look, we need to, we need to do something because Marnie's, Marnie's telling you that she's coping and, yes, she's kind of coping, but she really is struggling at the same time. And so, um, yeah, so basically they started checking in with each other. So I was kept out of the loop because I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't, I'm not, I find it really hard to complain. Um, and so, but my husband is very black and white and he will tell it as it is. And he didn't have so much of a problem of being able to say, this is how she's really feeling. And she's spent all week on the lounge or whatever. Um, and the other thing I had a problem with was 
asking for things that I might need financially, so buying maternity clothes and stuff like that. And I would second guess myself about whether I really needed stuff. So my husband sort of stepped up and, and basically anything financial he now talks about with my IPs. I don't talk about money because I find it really uncomfortable. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's been the challenge. I guess the challenges of long distance is not having your IPs around. It can be a lot harder for them to really understand what you're going through, particularly if, and I think a lot of surrogates do this, they don't tell the truth of what's really going on. So, And yeah. I have said this before, but I have to say the partners of surrogates are really just such unsung heroes. And I do think, well, certainly our story was very similar in that at some point my husband would have to do the communicating or would have to step up if I needed him to because the surrogates are not very good at complaining or um, they worry about guilt and everything else and it's left to their partners to sort of step up and help with the communication. I think that arrangement, though, where your husband's doing the chat about finances is perfect. If he's comfortable with doing that, it means you don't have to worry about it. It's one less thing for you to worry about. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, we've talked about, it and you know, he doesn't particularly like it either. But he's a lot more comfortable. He he can say it as it is better than I can, and he's just he's been amazing. Like, um, I mean, yes, something I wanted to stress was it's so important to have someone who's as who's on your side. Not that my IPs aren't on my side, of course, but who's solely on your side and um, your advocate whether or not that be a partner, if you're a single woman, you know, you really need someone. And I do see some surrogates come on, you know, particularly on the surrogates page and they really don't have any support. And it's sort of like, I don't want to say to them, look, you know, you really need, but you really need someone who will be there for you. Whatever you're going through will always be there for you. And actually a, big positive that I've got out of this journey so far is that it's actually brought my husband and I closer together. Like we were pretty close beforehand, but it's just shown me just how far he will go to support me and to make sure that I'm okay. And nothing in our life previously has actually taken us that far, I guess. So it's just been, yeah, I mean, I couldn't do it without him. And I really, I've, I really could not do it without him. I would be probably in the fetal position <laughs> right now if it wasn't for him. Like he's the one that's just keeps me grounded and just sort of when I am going through a challenging time, he's the one that's there going, you know, this is completely, and that's, you know, this is completely normal. This is what we expected. You're not going crazy. The way you're reacting is, is yes, it may be irrational, but it's to be expected. And, He's just been 100% supportive and not once said anything negative, which I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, I think so. we all need one of these guys in, in our corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, your plans going forward, because you've got a few more weeks left of the pregnancy, how are you managing the interstate relationship post-birth? Have you got anything in, in place already? Yeah, so... Um, We've talked a little bit about it, my IPs and I have talked a bit about it. Um, at the moment, it's sort of a bit, um, you know, we'll catch up. We intend to catch up a few times a year. We haven't really said we will catch, we, we haven't really said we'll catch up, you know, this many times a year or anything like that. Um, we're sort of waiting to see how it all sort of 
goes afterwards. Um, sort of leave it a bit fluid. Uh, one thing we have talked about doing is doing like a family holiday once a year, sort of up the coast or down the coast and just coming together as a family because um, you know, our IPs have basically become our family and their family is our family. So we've sort of got this whole new extended family. Um, something that I've spoken about with my counsellor Katrina is, you know, how my being adopted could play out with after the birth of this bub. And so she's sort of recommended that for me, um, when Ben and Christy leave Sydney, go back to Canberra um, to actually have that first catch up already in the book, basically. And she's recommended for me, um, you know, two weeks after they leave, um, I should really be catching up with them. They'll probably will need that. And um, so, yeah, so sort of talking about about two weeks after they leave, I'll probably head down to Canberra, maybe on my own, maybe with the family, I'm not really sure, um, just for that initial catch up. And then um, possibly I may need more regular catch ups than someone else might. Uh, I don't really know. I won't know until I'm there, I guess, so, you know. It's like, it's like surrogacy in general. You really don't know what it's going to be like until you're in it and you just got to ride the wave. So that's... I think I, that's great advice. And I think most surrogates would, and intended parents would say the same, that you don't really know what you're going to feel and how is it going to pan out. But you've got the great foundation. You've got a great relationship with your intended parents and you're doing all the prep that you can to be ready for it, whatever it is. Yeah, so, I, I mean, we'll all be, we'll all be fine. So, you know, our, our journey's been up and down and we're surviving it. So, and we're still as strong as ever. So I don't see that changing, but we'll just have to see how we ride the wave, I guess. Um, you know, I fully expect to be emotional afterwards, speaking to other surrogates that have been before me. You know, it's, it's I fully expect I'm going to be emotional afterwards. And I've basically sort of said to my husband, you know, I'm going to, there's going to be a lot of tears and it's not as, um, you know, as it's been explained to me, it's not because I will regret doing what I, what I'm doing. It's not because I want, like I will think it's a mistake or I want the baby back or whatever. It's just the hormones and that whole giving birth and um, recovery and yeah, your body just goes through <laughs> through crazy times mm. so uh, you know just being we're fully aware that I'm going to be emotional and and it doesn't mean that I regret what I've done so um, just trying to keep that in perspective <laughs> give me a few more weeks and when I'm in that I may be feeling different I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to be fine and I reckon Katrina would agree <laughs> with me you're the most well prepared and you're going to be just fine yeah, hopefully. No, I'm sure I will be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not worried about it. So I'm not really worried about it. I just, uh, yeah, it's the unknown. You just don't know how you're going to react. Um, so we'll just see. Did you have any other pieces of advice for anyone, surrogates or intended parents, that are maybe starting to research surrogacy as an option? Yeah, I think the, the, the best advice is to take your time. And um, I think most experienced surrogates will say that. In fact, all the experienced surrogates I know will say that. Don't jump in. Um, you know, really take your time first of all to, to get to know uh, the process, uh, to just 
be part of the community just to read other people's stories and and then you know when you start talking to IPs, it's so it is it's really exciting when you start talking to IPs and and you feel like oh these could be the ones and but just taking that step back and going okay we're not going to rush it and I think for us you know putting that time frame like actually saying to our IPs we will not be offering until we've been taught till we've known you six months um, you know and that that gave them the idea of going, okay so. Um, yeah, you know, that they didn't expect that offer to come before that time. And, you know, and and it's really important to catch up with your IPs in person. So we, even though we're interstate, we every month spent a weekend together and we would spend the days with, our, with, with my husband and my children, um, with my IPs doing sort of more kids-based <laughs> activities, I guess. Uh, my husband was very big in wanting um, Ben and Christy to understand what it's like with children and how life changes. Um, and I used to say to him, just, you know, don't, don't turn them off having kids, like tone it down. <laughs> um, and then at night we'd put the kids to bed and then we would actually um, spend a few hours going through our surrogacy checklist of, topics we had to discuss so uh it's really and I, it's really hard to talk surrogacy around when you've got your kids around because they're kids <laughs> and you know they just don't let you talk so during the day it was all about building that relationship with them um the two families coming together and then at night we would actually sit down quite formally and say okay these are the things we're going to discuss tonight um and my husband being my husband uh would actually keep minutes <laughs> and so he would actually record everything we discussed and then on the Monday after we returned home or they returned home um, he would actually send out the minutes to everyone so we that's which amazing. Is great. well you need we a secretary for every team that's great <laughs> <laughs> but we actually have a record of everything that was discussed and, wow. and so yes yeah, we're a little bit weird like that. <laughs> no I love it Thank you, Marnie. That was amazing. Um, I just wanted to wish you all the best in the coming weeks. I can't wait to hear more about it. And we might need to get you back on the podcast to tell us how it is perhaps six months <laughs> back. In six months? Oh, yeah, a few weeks after birth when I'm completely losing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. We'll talk then. A very big thank you to Marnie for chatting with me about all of her preparations for a great surrogacy journey. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and at sarahjefford.com.